Napa know-how. There are lots of amazing cars on the road, but perhaps none more amazing than the paid-off car. It may not be pretty, but the price is right. Heck, if you keep that thing running, it'll actually start paying you. Because with Napa Rewards, for every $100 you spend, you'll get $5 off. So keep your car running longer, stronger with Napa Rewards, and watch the savings start rolling in. That's Napa Know-How. Napa Know-How. Blog Talk Radio. I know enough about football to get me in trouble. 
And I just knew that, that that's all that's all the Titans had. That's all we needed to do was shut down their one option on offense. Anyway, I don't I don't know where we're gonna start here. We can we can talk about Allison. We can talk about Cole. I don't, I don't know where you want to I don't know where you want to take this right now. Uh, obviously, a plethora has happened since our la- the last time we talked. Rob Ryan's fired. Saints dropped overtime game against the Titans, which the offense definitely did enough that the game that game shouldn't have even been close. And then the debacle against the Redskins, Washington Redskins, this past Sunday was some of one of the worst. It was just absolute. I couldn't watch. I had to, like, I thought the Eagles game was bad, but the Redskins game didn't pills in comparison to the Eagles game. Subsequently, getting Rob Ryan fired, Saints are sitting at four and six. The Sean Payton rumors have kicked up again that he's open to coaching elsewhere after the season. I I don't know I don't know where to start I don't, I don't even know where to start. It's kind of crazy to think like how far off the rails the season has gone since the last time we had the show. Like the last time we were talking about, you know, maybe, maybe they, they'll they'll make the playoffs. Maybe maybe the only game they'll lose in the second half of the season will be to the Carolina Panthers, Carolina. and then they just. <laughs> Like the thing is, is it's underrated like how much losing Ellerby and some of the other linebackers has been. I mean, if, if you watch these games closely, it's like if they just had competent linebackers on the field, maybe things would have been a little bit better. I don't know if they win the games, but I, I, I know the Tennessee game goes a lot different because like I don't have the numbers in front of me. I, they're on the advocate somewhere, but like so many of the yards in that game came against the linebacker core, you know, and it's unfair to ask Jolan Dunbar or Michael Motti to drop in his own and cover Delaney Walker. But I mean, that, that's what they're being called upon to do. And that's kind of at the core of all those defensive struggles. I don't want to say he lost Rob Ryan's job, but it didn't help him keep his job for, for sure. And I mean, injuries happen and they're not an excuse, but I mean, right now that's probably the biggest issue with the team besides, you know, figuring out if Dennis Allen can be a defensive coordinator and if he makes the team any better. But if if he can get, like, some of those guys covering a little bit better, if there aren't tight ends running, you know, wide free. open and free, like, <laughs> like, 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 a, like a horse going metal on metal on every down, I mean, that, that there's a good place for improvement. And, you know, I tweeted some of these things, and people are coming at me, oh, they're not going to get overnight improvement. I'm just asking for the new D.C. to get the defense covering dudes, like, we're, we're we're not asking for much here. I mean that that's a simple a simple request. So if he can do that, I mean maybe maybe they will get a little bit better. But I mean for all intents and purposes, Saints don't win out. The, you know the hopes for the playoffs are, are probably over. I think like the frustrating thing, at least from a fan's perspective, is like again going back to that last, that last episode that we had. I know as just a regular. Okay, I'm not a regular fan. Like I'm way like I'm a football head, but like. I know the only thing that needs to be done against the team, the Titans is to stop Delaney Walker. So whether you have to double him with maybe like, a, like with underneath coverage from a linebacker and then like, there, like there's ways to stop him. So as a fan, just watching the game and just seeing him just, let's just peruse through the defense. And there is literally no one around him. It was so it's frustrating. I'm like, I know who the Titans are going to like, how do you not know? Or and if not at that, like, how do you not know to put your players in the best position to stop what you know what's coming? Like it's like it's it's okay. I guess to use like a, a basketball like a basketball metaphor. 
like if if you're playing the Golden State Warriors and and everyone else on the team beats you, Draymond Green and and Clay Thompson go off and they get theirs and you get beat that way, that's fine. But I mean, at least you you know what I'm saying. But at least like Curry has ten points. Like you're not letting Steph Curry beat you. It's gonna have to be someone else on the team, right? I don't know, like how like how do you not do that? as the DC or how do you not convey that to your players and change your schemes to adjust that for defense? Nah, bro. You got to trick them and, and double up Harrison Barnes. They won't even know it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> don't ever, don't ever play you in NBA 2K16. Exactly. What you're, what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't get it, man. Especially like, you, you know, you don't have your linebackers. Like, get an extra defensive back on the field every down and, and put, put you know, a cornerback on on the tight end and, and try to stop them that way. I mean, if if you surrender a little bit more against the run, like, so be it. Like, you can't stop the run anyhow. Like, what's the matter <laughs> if he gets seven yards instead of five? I mean, like, what's the big deal? Just just make sure that guy doesn't kill you. I, I don't get it. And, I mean, it, it's those issues right there. When you want to talk about, like, why Rob Ryan is no longer a member of the organization, it's just – it's things like that. And – you can't keep watching that week after week after week and, and, you know, just giving it up. And really this last game, they kind of lost the same way. I know Jordan Reed only had three catches for 29 yards, but it was still all that underneath stuff that they found a way to, you know, take advantage of it. And Kirk Cousins, he had 60, like I, I added up, I think it was like only like 60 yards through the air. And Deshaun Jackson had what, like a 44 yard catch. It was like, that. Yeah, so every yards. other, <laughs> Like every other reception, there was like 20 yards, and it's just guys just running. Why? I, I don't get it. I, I just, I don't, I don't know how that happens the whole game, I, and like you can't just figure out a way to, to snip out a screen pass. Like it's crazy. I, I, I'm usually pretty optimistic watching Saints games, and I, I, after the Redskins got that penalty on the kickoff and the debacle that was that first kickoff, and they started like on the three yard line. And just went down the field so easily, so quickly for a touchdown. I was like, "Oh, we are. This is gonna be an extremely long, painful." Like I knew it. Like that was like this is just the worst omen. And looking at the last two games, especially the tennis, the Titans game and the Redskins game, like twenty-eight points put up on the Titans should be enough for a team to win. And then watching yeah. watching the the Redskins game, you know, the offense goes out first drive, marking Brooks up the long seventy plus yard run, and then you know the second drive the offense, you know, there's a sixty yard touchdown from from like I I feel so much for the offense right now, and I know it took them, I know it took them a while to get going and the who man trade. And by the way, I know we're. Well, I know we're talking about we kind of talking about like the who man trade right now, but per, potentially like maybe this was Sean Payton's envision from the beginning because back in the off season there was the whole Jermaine Gresham thing. So maybe this three tight end thing has always been bubbling in his head, but he didn't have that missing piece until the who man trade. I'll just throw that out there. Anyway, um, so the offense it took them a while to in the season to kind of finally get going. There were so many different pieces and things, but they kind of got their mojos as the season has gone along, and the defense has completely went downhill, and the team in no way is playing complimentary football. And I just help, 
I can't feel. I just feel for Drew Brees. Like, I don't. I don't. If I'm an offensive player on the team, I got. I, I'd be like, like sitting next to like one of my defensive teammates. I'm just like, guys, get something like help us out. Help me help you. <laughs> you know, I I think that the the offense kind of has some artificial statistics. So I mean. I don't know, like if they're as good as their numbers. I, I think there's a lot of hollow yards in there. I I might be wrong on this, but I think what the sorry. Uh, I I think I think the last three games or four games, if you take out the Giants game, I think they've only manufactured 14 points in the second half of those games against the Colts, Titans, and Redskins. So I I don't know if they're carrying their weight as much as they should be. I know I know the yardage totals are good. I know the points are good, but maybe they're kind of piling up in certain games and then in certain situations where they need to be there. They've kind of disappeared a little bit. Agreed, but I I think you like obviously you can't ask the offense to be the offense that plays against against the Giants every game. Like no, no, obviously not. yeah, the game against the Titans to me, like as a perfect example, like they put 28 points up against the Tennessee Titans. Like th- that's that's enough. Like that's that's beneath, that should be done. And it's so weird how that game turned because to me personally, that game is a Marcus Murphy fumble and a crazy Delaney Walker catch touchdown away from being like to me. If those two plays don't happen, that game's a blowout. But obviously they didn't. Whatever. And that's how football works, or sports in general. But twenty-eight points against the Titans are is, is enough to beat them on paper, and that did not happen. Um, and I believe like the Saints' defense has made the opposing quarterbacks over the last two games have be like nominated for AFC and NFC Offensive Player of the Week back to back. Right. I mean, maybe it's unfair, but just like the way this team is built, like. I don't know. Twenty-eight points isn't enough, man. Like the way they're built, like you, you got to score thirty, and that, that's probably unfair to ask of the offense. But I mean, they disappeared in the second half of that game, and I know the defense is terrible. But like, if the offense wouldn't have disappeared, they would have won that game. I, like again, may, maybe I'm being extremely unfair, putting blame on the offense in that game. But like, they could have been just a little bit better, and they win the game. And it, it, it's just again, it's just the way this roster is built. Like they build a team where the offense needs to get 30, 35 points every game for them to have a shot because you don't know which defense is going to show up. And that's a lot of weight to carry for, for any unit. But I mean, it's just the way it is. And until they get better, I mean, that's just how it's always going to be. I, they tried to get it this year. It's not working out. I mean, I'm really interested to see if Dennis Allen can turn this thing around. I mean, there's part of me that, that thinks there's enough talent there for them not to be the worst defense in the NFL. Like I, I kind of thought heading into the season, like they could be middle of the pack, and I don't know. It, it, I it'll be real interesting to see if he can get these guys in a better position. Was you know how how much of the the blame really was Rob Ryan? Do you think that Rob Ryan went into Sean Payton's office and Sean Payton just said, "You're fired"? <laughs> that dude, the, the way that whole thing happened was like kind of insane. Just. Like it started out in the morning, like he, he was supposed to get fired. Like I know for a fact, like that wasn't true. He wasn't actually physically fired at that time. I, I believe it happened around three o'clock. But I mean, just that that whole day was just. That, I don't know. I just can't imagine that. Like Cam Jordan was talking about him being in there in the meetings and everything, and then 
those meetings end and Rob gets let go. And <laughs> it's, it's just crazy to think about, man. Um, are, are you going to, are, for like during the, the bye week, do you plan on like looking at old Denver Broncos games when Dennis Allen was the, oh, see, that's, that's why, that's why you're my guy. Yeah. I mean, I, I started a little bit, I mean, I'm, like not really at a point where I'm ready to have like a super intelligent conversation about it. But like the two things that, that stand out to me is one that like he really likes to disguise his coverages and you know, there, there's some interesting things happening there. And then he, he does some, he's done some interesting things with his fronts. Like in Oakland, he, he would do this thing where like he would line up three interior offensive linemen over like directly over the guard center and the other guard, it kind of limited some of the running lanes and, thinking about some of the issues that they've had this year against the run, like I could maybe see that working, but I mean, I really don't know how much latitude he's going to have to just kind of come in and do his own thing. Like the one thing Rob Ryan, like Rob continually hit that. That's kind of difficult to do right. Like there's only so much you can instill like in a bye week. And then like, I think what you're about to say is like what, what Rob Ryan has hinted is that, Sean Payton has had a lot of input in in defense in general. Yeah, like Rob said like a million times this year that like it was, you know, Sean's vision. He he called it a beautiful vision. He called it Sean's blueprint multiple times. So, I mean, I, I think he was trying to make it clear that like he was no longer <laughs> doing the things he wanted to do. Just, and, just deflecting you know, all the blame. Yeah, and so, I mean, I, I don't know really like – how much, you know, Dennis is going to be allowed to do. He might just kind of have to carry on with what's going on. I, I don't know, man. It, it's it's an interesting dynamic, and, you know, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what he has to say, but we probably won't hear for Dennis for, like, 10 more days. So we'll see. Um. All right. So we, we, we've talked enough about, about those games. Um, I mean, we have – Essentially, like forty-two minutes to talk about. Obviously, the Saints have the bye week um, next week or this week, I should say. Um, what beginning of the season after the Eagles game, we had like the Doomsday season is over conversation, and the Saints go out and beat the freaking beat the, Fal- the undefeated Falcons, and and then kind of go on their run. Now we're right back to the Doomsday scenario all over again. Um, the Sean Payton rumors have started percolating again. I, I honestly, I think either, either it's going to, it's going to end in one or two ways. Either a, he's, he's going to be a head coach of another team next season, or he's going to get a contract extension. I don't think it goes any other way. And I think that maybe, you know, the hint, maybe he's pulling like the old fashioned kind of Nick Saban type of thing at Alabama that, you know, he hints that he, open to other coaching it's really just a ploy to get a contract extension or to get more money which is possible or it's possible that he just like i said before he's he's at a certain age he wants to get wins he wants to win another championship he doesn't see that with the future of the saints um how potentially do you see that playing out and do you also think that how the rest of this current season will play a factor into that decision. So, for instance, if the Saints continue to play the way they've been playing, it's looking dreadful as opposed to being respectable and putting some wins up and, you know, maybe potentially getting to, like, 8-8. Eight and eight. Like, do you think that that would be, like, enough to say, you know what, like, 
we knew this year would probably be a little rocky. You know, we kind of were changing things. We're all these new players, another draft class, another free agency. Let's give it one more run. I'll stay extension um, or just plays out his contract. Or do you think that he's for sure going at the end of the season? Well, first thing first, I mean, like there were these insane rumors since the last time that we had this show that the Saints were apparently just going to let Sean go if he wanted to leave, and that which, uh, from what I, I'm told, that could not be further from the truth. No sense. <laughs> yeah, like number one, that's the dumbest thing in the world. Like he's their greatest asset. Like there's nothing else they have that that could bring back a greater return. And nothing. Like I, I was like. Yeah, <laughs> and I was told in no uncertain terms that, like, if Peyton wants to leave, it's going to cost a whole lot, and the Saints hold all the cards here. Peyton has no leverage if he wants to leave. He's under contract, so, I mean, exactly. they're going to get – it's going to cost a bounty. Um, going the way you said. It could, it could be oh, – it could be a very similar situation – um, it went it went under routes for the longest time until P, uh, PFT broke kind of broke broke it open with the whole Jim Harbaugh was nearly traded to like the Browns situation when they were going through the whole power struggle when he was a 49ers head coach. No, sorry, yeah, Jim, um, and that was close to being done, but it didn't happen or whatever. I mean, this is obviously this is a situation where it's kind of out in the open. Um, you know, so it wouldn't be like kind of secret talks. So if if if, if it's ha- if it happens, first of all, before you get to the second part, what would you think would be appropriate conversation if the Saints were to trade Sean Payton? Appropriate compensation. Correct. Yes. Is that what you said? Yeah. I, I would say at least a first next year, or you know, in the next draft, and then maybe a second in the year after i mean at the very least i, I would want at least a first and a second I, I you know i'm really not sure i mean these you know these situations i mean the, the compensation is all over the board you know there's like the john gruden thing I, I, but i would at least want a first and a second what i don't know what do you think i'm thinking of a first in the next upcoming draft class and either if it's not a second like at least a like, a, like, I don't know, like, a, a starter probably on defense at some position. Where, where I don't know. Like, I don't even know. Like, first of all, I don't – the whole thing Sean Payton rumors kind of confused me is that I don't even know where he would want to go. Well, that, that's the thing I was just going to get at. If he's going to go somewhere, I don't think he goes anywhere that doesn't have, like, a star quarterback already. Because if he goes somewhere and you're losing a first and a second or two firsts or, or whatever it is, it's going to be a while before you can get your quarterback. And how much patience is an organization going to give them to turn things around? And you're, you know, stunned in two drafts with, with pretty valuable picks. So I really don't know. I mean, Indianapolis, I, I don't know if San Diego would open up if, if they struggle through the season. That that could potentially be attractive Maybe New York if Coglin wants to go, but then again, like Rivers and Pey- or Eli Manning really aren't that young. Like, which is and your I, window with them any greater than it is with Drew Brees? I, I don't know. And then it, I think, and I have to. I think it would. How do I word this? I don't. I think Sean Payton's kind of tired of having like good teams offensively and not having like a competent defense. 
So I think wherever he would want to go, like, I think, yeah, they would need a either A, a upper echelon quarterback, maybe not elite, but at least an upper, upper echelon quarterback. And, like, a, like, the perfect team I could see, and the only thing that's missing is the quarterback would be, like, the Houston Texans. But then if the, you know, the, if the, tech, if the Texans are giving up, uh, like, a, and they are awful this year, and they're giving up a first round, like, there's no way they're going to be in the position to have to draft a quarterback. So, I, I don't know. It's just a so weird type of situation. If I was a head coach and, like, I could pick any spot that's, like, kind of reasonable, like, not a super established team, the, the spot that I would want to go to would be Oakland. I don't think they're going to get rid of Del, Del Rio, but I'm just saying, like, if if you could that's, that's have a, your pick a spot, good, like, yeah, that's a part of the good one. That is a good like, one. I have like, no idea. Even like, I know people, a lot of people throw out the whole like Indianapolis thing. Take luck, took take Lux play out of this season aside. I I get the connection, but then is he really going to need more of a different situation of from New Orleans to Indianapolis, like defense-wise, like yeah, you still have this, you have the offensive weapon, like the offensive weapons on on no, offense in Indianapolis with Moncrief and Hilton. Um, look, you know, it's better on paper probably than what's here. You know, maybe it's arguable, but then you, you can be just as bad as the current the season Saints defenses sometimes. So you're you, you basically just made a like a linear a linear move where you didn't you're not really improving your situation as a head coach yeah and i mean it, just to be clear like i have no idea if this guy's gonna leave it's just people are talking about it <clears throat> he said nothing out of his own mouth to indicate that he's looking to leave and to go back to your original point i i think if they do have a better run the, these next few weeks i i just think it's it's human nature if you see like positives and potential upside the situation is going to look a little bit better moving forward than say if they drop all these games and it's just a huge mess and you know everything looks like it's on fire by the end of the season. So I mean I, I think if they play well, like it, there's there's a you know the, the odds of him staying are, are much greater. But again, like I, I have no idea whatsoever if the guy's going to leave. It's just interesting to speculate because there's so many rumors. So and then. Keeping on with the the same theme, like oh, let's let's talk about this before we before I get into like the future state of the Saints. What is your opinion on the whole Brandon Browner situation? That's that's something I haven't asked you. In uh, in regards to the what, like what what aspect oh, no. of his situation? <laughs> yeah, there's that, that, a lot of there's a lot of ways that this conversation could go. The um. Like the the play that that got the the publicity of on the screen pass of him like blind slide. Like, do you think he should be benched in terms of like his play this season? Like, as far as the so-called dirty hit, like I don't know, man. I, I watched that thing on the All Twenty Two, and if like there wasn't already talk surrounding it, like I, I wrote this in a mailbag today. Like, I would have looked at that play, and like my first thought would have been like, why the hell did he? take out this blocker instead of taking a higher angle up the field. Like it it wasn't like to the point where, where it looked like he like targeted a guy and like took him out. Like I would have noted it down in my notebook. And then when we went back in the locker room on Wednesday, I would have asked him, I would have been like, you know, like 
what what was going on there? Like, did you think there was somebody trailing behind you? You were trying to clear out a block, so you thought somebody behind you could could go up and make the tackle. I don't know. Like, it to me, it just looked like a, a poor decision on the play. Like, I it didn't it wouldn't have stood out to me. Like, oh my god, he targeted this guy. Like, what is he doing? He's an awful human being. Like, I wouldn't have seen it that way. But like, as far as a football play goes, like, I don't know. I I, I would have marked it down as like a terrible decision because like I have no idea what he was thinking there, but. You know, it would have been something I, I would wanted to have a uh, discuss with him to try to understand like what was going on there. Should it be benched? And what about? I don't know. Yeah. Like, if you if you bench the guy, like, are you who are you playing? Brandon Dixon? Like, yeah, who are you playing? Like, what do you? Keenan Lewis's injury. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. I have a lot. I have a lot of thoughts on on, on Brandon Browner. I. Please, please, it's just, it's crazy. It's just crazy. It's just crazy how big of like a story the guy has become. Like it's it's gotten to the point like where I don't even like to mention his name because like one, with like the fan base, you you can't have like any type of like intelligent discourse on the guy. It's just like he's terrible. Throw him out. Like you can't like try to figure be like, well, this is why I was bad. Like that nobody cares about that anymore. And I get that. I get the frustration. You see him getting flags. You see him getting targeted and giving up receptions. Like, I, I understand all that, but, like, it doesn't help. Man, I'm going to get in trouble here, but hopefully nobody listens to this. Uh, <laughs> it, it, just, it just doesn't help that, like, the media, whose job it is to raise the level of discourse, like, has just taken it to an even lower level than anybody else. And it's just – it's insane, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I, get, I, get, I get it from both perspectives as a phantom – I just, I just, I just want better. That's all. And it's crazy. Like, and I get that. I get that. I totally it, get that. Hindsight's twenty twenty. But I, I think about like how much the Saints paid Brendan Browner like in the off season and, and like his play. And then I look at like, like how much like Peanut Tillman for, for the Panthers guy. And he's like balling <laughs> out and I'm like, hindsight's twenty twenty. Obviously, yada yeah, yeah. I get all that, but um. And then there's there are a lot of things there there have been a lot of sneaky injuries that I just kind of like was thinking about one evening like the Raphael Bush injury like changed yeah. things you know speaking of the, the Titans game like he could have been that third safety coming down covering Delaney Walker um, going back to speaking the preseason and I know it was the preseason but like. Someone like Anthony Anthony Spencer was looking fantastic in the preseason, and I have forgot he even forgot like he was even on the team, we, you know, because he got injured and we haven't heard from him since. But like just a player like that, like just say he brought some of that same type of level of play to the like to the regular season. If he had he got got injured, there's some some snoop, super sneaky injuries, and obviously the the LRB one is huge because I mean obviously. I'm not saying that it's just it's just completely different. The defense plays completely different when he's out there and healthy. It's night and day, especially at the linebacker level position. Um, so I'm just I don't know. I'm just kind of ranting right now. Don't mind me. Yeah, dude, he he would have cleaned up like so much in that Tennessee game, and then this last game against Washington. You just got to think if he was out there, like maybe even if he wasn't, you know right there to contest the pass like 
just what, from what we've seen to him, like he has the demonstrated ability to get sideline to sideline. And you got to think he would have cleaned up some of those screen passes and would have stopped him from going for, you know, crippling gains, just, uh, you know, a little bit of yardage. I, I really, I just really think that's like one of the more underrated things. And it's kind of weird to think that like he could possibly be the guy that's kind of like the glue of the whole defense. Because like when we that's were talking about that improvement, crazy. It, he was out there. He was yeah, the guy absolutely. that was out there. Like when, we, when, you, when you look at like those moments where you're like, okay, well, there's these bad things happening, but now these good things are starting to happen. And you started to believe, at least I started to believe that like the good was going to overtake the bad a little bit. And it was going to get more to around the league average, you know, a league average right. defense. And I don't know, maybe, maybe I overlooked too much in those games and I should have saw the warning signs. Like I, I've spent a lot of time trying to figure out like, why I didn't see this like super dark descent coming. And like, there was, there was a period where like, I was definitely, I was definitely optimistic about the future of this defense. And then like, all of a sudden it's just like complete darkness. So, and I, I think he has a big, a big part of that, a big reason for, for those feelings. What is, so we have like, this is a kind of like a philosophical type of question to kind of just, randomly just throw over the mound to let you, I don't know, I'm horrible with baseball metaphors because I can't stand baseball. But what is the future of the Saints? My God. <laughs> just, 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 we have, we have, we have 25 minutes to, to unravel that. Dude, that's so open-ended. I, I don't even, like, know where to – like, I have no idea who's going to be here next year, who's not going to be here next year. I mean, let's – okay, like, let's assume Peyton's still here. Okay. You know, all the key all the key figures are still here. <clears throat> I, I think – I think it's possible – and this is, like, the worst possible time in the world to say this, but, like, I still think it's possible that they could make a couple key additions and get – a good enough defense and maybe add a guard add a receiver and have a good enough offense to be a competitive team in the NFC. Like in terms of like competing for a playoff spot. Like, I, I don't know like if it's in their immediate future to make a Super Bowl run or whatever, that's probably a long ways off. But like, I, I don't think the leap from what they are right now with this horrendous defense. Like, I, I really think that like, there's just a couple pieces here and there, and they could get a good enough defense to compete for a playoff spot. Am I nuts? No, I mean I think if you taking that 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 mindset, Peyton's back, Breeze is back for one year. Um, obviously, having another successful draft class is huge. Um, I mean, depending yeah. on we don't know, we don't know how the rest of the season is going to go, but I already like have players in mind that I would. I'm not I'm not saying I've already started looking at draft count or draftbreakdown.com yet, but there are definitely like players on top of my head. Like right now, the Saints are, if the draft were to happen like, they or Friday or whatever, they'd be picking number nine. There are players I'd be like, okay, like maybe like I can name you like five players like like easily boom 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 boom, that like I have the mindset for that would improve the team. Um, so draft, draft class is huge. Obviously free agency again, it's huge, but no, I don't think you're crazy. I think that there's enough talent on the team that they, if they could get, they could get in. And once, like, honestly, like 
That's all you really want as a team, just a chance. Just they can get like any team. We've seen it before. If you just give a chance, a team a chance to get in, who knows how the outcome might play like in the actual playoffs? No one ever knows. Um, but no, I I, I agree with that assessment. The the interesting thing to me will be to see how they kind of approach this off season, especially if this gets darker as the weeks you know go along. Like, will they go for it again, or like are they going to look at these last two seasons and take a more cautious, long term approach and not spend money on you know a Brandon Browner or C.J. Spiller? Like, are they more cautious, or are they looking more long term, or do they Who? try to go for it again, like? The Saints? Oh, you mentioned the no. You mentioned a player. I don't even know who you're talking about. I, but I was saying what was it, it'll be interesting to see like how they approach the offseason in terms of free agency. Like if there's like a Brandon Browner out there, or oh CJ Spiller, I got your joke. No, was that no, a go joke? <laughs> go, go go ahead, sir. I have no idea what I have no idea what's happening right now. Like, let me go for it. Yes, yes. You, you picked up on what I was alluding to, but continue. Like you just let me like go on. Like yeah, I, I, I thought my mic cut out because I I thought it was time for like my weekly malfunction. <laughs> no, I just let you I was, let you. No, that that's that's a good point. Um, and I, I mean I don't. The team was the team and the turnover on the team. So much of it was done over the last two off seasons, especially this. Like there's, I mean. Obviously, there'll probably be more. Um, we've probably seen Colson's last year, David Hawthorne, who, who, whatever. He probably definitely not for sure they're going to be on the team. Um, probably seen, you know, this is probably Jari Evans last year. Um, you can't maybe probably even see like I think there's going to be a lot of turnover. Like, if I were making predictions right now, I don't think you see Colston, Hawthorne back. Um, Evans back, Streif back. So I think there's going to be a lot of, you know, change again, different players on the team. But still, I, I think the potential is there to to if you fix the guard positions, even like, even if it's just one of the two. I'm not saying that you have to have two studs like Evans in his prime and a Carl next. You know. You have you have Armstead, you have excuse me, you have Pete and you have Unger, and then just one of the two guards, and you have you can give Breeze time and kind of go from there. Like there's talent on the team, and that's something that you're we talked we talked about before on the def on defense wise. Like there's at least three players that are you know Cam Jordan's shown how 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 good he is. Um, Kenny Vaccaro is a good player on defense. Delvin Bro is a good player on defense. Like, there are players on defense. Or it's just weird that – I don't know if it's just they're not playing as a team or, or what it is, but the talent that's there shouldn't be playing to this level, at least in my opinion. It shouldn't It shouldn't be this bad, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's like, it's like Peyton said last week. Like, it's hard to have the worst defense in the NFL. Like <laughs> – there's got to be a ton of failures to put you in that position. And like, it's kind of, you know, came to a head the last two weeks and I don't know, it's not that hard to figure out. It's just like dudes weren't in position to make plays 
all the underneath stuff, can't cover a tight end. It's just a lot of fundamentals, missed tackles. It's just all those things. And, you know, again, that's that's why the defensive coordinator isn't here. But shifting gears here, going back to the last guy that you said who to, C.J. Spiller, what's kind of interesting to me is that, like, I wonder if the Saints had realized that Mark Ingram was a viable option to catch passes out of the backfield before Have, they, they even signed him. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. he, like, he's shown – Major whatever. Yeah, he's shown tremendous value just being an, an all-around um, all back. Um, yeah, that's an interesting point. Like I, they even spent the – and he actually got more guarantee than Mark Ingram. I remember that because it was kind of like a little, oh, when it happened. I believe. Like what? What I want to know, like, I would really like to know, like, was that something he just straight up couldn't do earlier in his career? Is it a newfound skill somehow during this off season, or did they just really like figure, like, oh my, oh wow, like this guy can catch the ball and run routes? Well, I think, and like, it's, it's just never tried. Especially like early in his career, the Saints had Pierre Thomas and the Saints had Darren Sproles. So they didn't really even need that of Mark Ingram. So, like I, I get it, but like you have the guy in your building for four years, and like, was it just not ever discovered? Like, if that skill exists, you, you think that should have noticed it at some point, and just like had it in the back of their mind, even if they're using other guys to do that stuff. Just like it's just weird to me. Like, I really want to know, like, if that's just like something that happened out of nowhere, or like was it there? the whole time and they just like did not know but i'm not i don't don't think we'll we'll ever know no it's not and i don't know there's just a a couple of things like that like heading into the season you look back at the off season where like there were these like miscalculations that like it's just kind of weird that like they didn't like like look at the wide receiver position like the talk was like brandon coleman and shantavius jones were going to be the guy that made it fine that Ugh. And Josh Hill, we're going to make it fun that Jimmy Graham left and Kenny Stills left. And then, like, none of those guys are really a factor. And, like, they're lucky they had Willie Sneed in the building, who, like, nobody was even thinking about. And then the guard positions, like, they have known that, like, Tim Melito wasn't going to be, like, the guy and did something to get another guy there. It's just, there's just, like, these little miscalculations that, well, like, I mean, we've been okay. We've been- we've had this conversation before in that the front office and obviously Sean Payton is making a lot of those decisions. Um, Mickey Loomis greatly overvalued their in-house talent and and in-house talent slash system. Because I think a lot of it was, (coughs) excuse me, we can put these players in the system and the, the system is so, fail proof that regardless of you know it's not a Kenny Stills, it's not a Jimmy Graham, but the offense is still gonna be able to produce and score points. And and yes, they've have been and they've improved as the season's gone along. About the same point at the same point, like it hasn't been hasn't been perfect. It hasn't been a, a perfect ride and the like the CJ Spiller signing that you've mentioned, you know, he is supposed to be basically Darren Sproles 2.0 like on like on crack or you know on steroids I probably shouldn't say that in a, on the NFL podcast um and maybe maybe the, the injury played 
the injury thing, the the knee scope played somewhat to that, him being behind in terms of offense and things like that. But he definitely has not been that player. You know, he hasn't been anything close to what Darren Sproles was in his prime. He hasn't even been close to what uh, uh, healthy, young Reggie Bush was for the offense in his prime either. I mean, and I guess the flip side of this whole conversation would be that, like, it's hard to address multiple spots when you don't have a ton of cap room. But again, like, if you knew that Ingram could be the pass catcher and that, like, C.J. Spiller wasn't going to have a major role in the offense, there's a chunk of money you could have went to address another position and maybe get get another player for your defense or get that guard or something. So – and again, and then the cap too. This year, you you get injuries, and you're scraping at the bottom of the barrel for spare parts to fill in those spots at linebacker. So I don't know. It's just it's it's a tough situation that they've kind of created for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, the, like I, you know, I brought up the whole um, Charles Tillman Brown Browner thing. Like hindsight, it, it I mean it truly is 2020. Um, excuse me, in terms of things like that, still getting over whatever sinus infection I had. Um, right now, I know it's early. We have 15 minutes. Right now, if the draft was on Saturday, what position are you taking in the draft? Ooh. And, like, we're assuming there can be a good player wherever they're picking. Like, Correct. Just let's, like, let's, you know, let's, let's just say they're picking – Let's say they're picking ninth. Right now they're scheduled for ninth, so we'll just go with they're picking ninth in the draft. Top ten. I mean, you you got to look for a pass rusher. I would go pass rusher, weak side linebacker, and defensive tackle. Probably in that order. Okay. Just, just, just randomly throwing it out there. Just, Just curious. What about you? I think there there are two players at the linebacker position in the draft that I have huge man crushes on. Not like a Todd Gurley man crush, but that's like that's different level type of stuff. Like that's I don't know, that's like love at first sight type of thing. But these are like just crushes, right? So um, we have Jay, they have Jalen Strong, who is a linebacker at Notre Dame, and then you have Miles Jack, the linebacker at UCLA. I know like. Typically, you don't draft linebackers really early based on, like, history unless – I remember when the Panthers took Luke Kegley from Boston College. Like, they, I think they took him 10th, I want to say. Um, or I know it was high, but I know they kind of got some push. Like, you know, you know how draft critics are. Like, they got heat for taking the linebacker so high and see how that's worked out for them. And I, I'm not saying that they're – these those prospects if they were to come out in the draft are like in that same vein, but they're both very, very good and are in the the mold of like a new age NFL linebacker. And I know that sounds kind of dumb because the Saints took um, Stephon Anthony last year, but those are players that I, I'm big on. Um, this upcoming draft class, from what I know, like the pass rushing like prospects this year are kind of very mediocre to like, like this, like if this is, this is not the draft class for you to be addressing the need for pass rusher from all intents and purposes. So, depending on how that goes, last year's last year's weren't very good either. Like you see how they're working out. Like you know, there aren't very many. True. I know Fowler got hurt, but like Vic Beasley, <laughs> like I I can't remember the last time I heard his name. You can honestly say that the best pass rusher from the draft, the last year's draft class, has been Kakaha. Like honestly, easily. 
which is crazy because I yeah, was not his I was was not his biggest fan of the pro. Like I liked his game. Uh, I I would have never thought he'd be this good so soon. Like not even not even close. Um, let's just, let me play a hypothetical. This, 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 gonna, hold on, one thought on Kakaha though. Like the thing with him is like I, I wonder, and it's totally fine if he has like if he if he already has, but like I, I wonder like if he entered the league like very close to his ceiling and like he'll get a little better with refined technique and, and a little I bit you know of know but, but like basically right now he kind of is like he's already kind of leveled out and if that if that's the truth like that that's 100 percent fine like he's a very good player he's effective yeah and but, he's i mean like, that's probably that's like probably second, why he was a second round pick a second round pick that's that's fine to me like i didn't I didn't think he'd be this good this early, and I'm not saying like he, you know, maybe he'll he'll improve. But if he just does what he's been doing, you know, cons- consistently for his career, like to me, that's a it's a very successful second round pick. Um, yeah, very. Let's say, let's say, just let's say hypothetically speaking, like Treadwell's there at nine. Like, are you tempted? Are you just? Are you tempted? Like, I know. A, are you tempted? That's my and guy. It, That's my guy. <laughs> and then, do you think that, like, I know the backlash might be huge because the defense has been so atrocious. Like, do you think there would be a backlash if that if that were to happen? Uh, no. I mean, I don't know. Who cares if there's backlash? Like, as long <laughs> as like the pick works out and it makes your your team better. Like, dude, go go read, like, reviews on, like, every Patriots draft ever. Like, I can think of, like, when I first got there, like, the first couple drafts, like, I wrote things, like, critical, and then it's like, oh, like, I'm a moron, and this, <laughs> the team knows better. Like, it doesn't matter if people have backlash. Like, as long as it works out, like, that's that's totally fine. Like, man, people were, like, mad when the Patriots drafted Jamie Collins. Like, who is this raw prospect? Like, he's – and Which now is- he's very good, but – Funny, not a funny story because that thing makes me mad. But there was this is a kind of like if you were super like in the Saints knowledge, you, you kind of know this. But ha- like there were talks that during that draft class, the Saints were super, especially high on Jamie Collins, and the only reason that they weren't able to draft him was because that was the last year that they didn't have a second round pick due to the bounty gate. Like they, there was talks that they he would he was going to be their second round pick, or a high like a high pick for them in that draft, but be, they couldn't draft him because they didn't have the second round pick that year. Like they were in it love with him as a, pro, as a prospect. Now, would he have been the like, would I, I he be I, the same player he is now? Like if he got like Rob Ryan coaching, like who knows? But I'm, it's it's just been known that they loved him as a prospect. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, I, I would love to see, like, a parallel universe, you know, parallel universes, like, where, you know, he's in both systems and see what happens. Because when he got there, like, he, he could barely get on the field for, like, the first 10 weeks of his rookie season. And then, like, I remember. week 12, they played the Broncos. And it was like, oh, my God, like, now it all makes sense. So, like, it, it would have been, been interesting to see. Yeah, it's but, a yeah, lot I mean, of things. Sorry, right. Treadwell, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm all – I'd be all in on that. Like, and that that would be like my fourth thing on my list is you know kind of like a big bodied receiver with a nice catch radius. And I feel like I'm like rattling off all the same exact things I said for last year's draft, which is like really weird. <laughs> um, 
like uh, you know I like again I, I have players that I I, I kind of already like um if if the Saints are just if they want to pick at nine and add like a Treadwell a Jalen Smith a Robert a Robert Kimdiche a Joey Bosa like I'm, I'm fine with that that that's cool this just good good players in the draft and I know this is what we're about to go in like week eight week nine of the NFL season we're always talking we're already talking about the draft it's gonna I hope it doesn't continue to be as grim as it has been these last two weeks. I still think the Saints will – I'm going to go on record and say this. I know it's going to sound really weird, but if the if the Panthers are undefeated on December 6th, the Saints are going to win that game at home. Regardless of how they've played prior to, I'm making a proclamation on the podcast that they would be the ones to unseat the undefeated. Telling you right now, bookmark it. I mean that—that's the problem with this, with the season. They're absolutely gonna win enough games to like ensure. Don't say pick, it. Like, oh, don't say it. <laughs> they're gonna end up with like the thirteenth or fourteenth. Look, dude, they're gonna end up with like the thirteenth or fourteenth pick, and it's again, it's gonna be like. Oh well, the Saints can get the third ranked defensive tackle or a in guard. The, well, in in that vein, like the number like, two guard, like the number one guard, will be gone by then. Like that's how it's going to end up. But if we look at like a per, like let's let's rewind back to last year, and if had that had they lost that game against Tampa, they would have been picking eight instead of the Falcons, and more than likely they would have taken Vic Beasley at eight, and you know, not taking Kakaha in the second. And I'm not saying – I'm just I'm not saying that Kakaha is going to be a better player than Vic Beasley over the length of their careers, but this season, in the rookie season, he's definitely been better. So, I, I mean, I know. I know. I, I, I get what you're saying. But, like, I, I don't know. I'm just – just, you're probably right. I know you're right. I I guarantee you're going to be right. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna be surprised. And it's gonna be the same exact scenario. Like it's gonna be week 17, and it's gonna be a meaningless game. And Sean Payton's not gonna like because no. Well, except if you're the, the Bucks, you, you know you're gonna you're, you're gonna lie down because that's exactly what Lovey Smith did last season. But um, yeah. But yeah, 90% of the time, coaches aren't gonna you know lie down for another team and and, and tank a game. So. Yeah, you're right. I know. But, yeah, it's, but still. it's it's almost like impossible to tank a football. Like you number one, like you aren't gonna get the players to buy in. Exactly. It's just the the only way like you can theoretically kinda tank in football is like if you were to like, you know, start putting cool. in young players and place of veteran players. Anybody Which with is like a, what the bucks kind of, <laughs> Right. And then like anybody with like kind of a little bit of an injury lands on IR, but like I just I, – I don't see – like, especially with a, a team like the Saints that's got, like, a lot of veteran players, I, I just don't see, like, how you could do that and then come back the next year or even get through that year with, like, team. And it's just it, – it just – it would lead to more bad than good. Absolutely not. And if, if, if Sean Payton isn't willing to, like, not lose to a Bucks team in, like, the last week of the season and knowing that it would – improve yeah yeah it's never gonna happen and i'm not and i'm not saying that it should like i I think that's 
it's an interesting debate to have as a fan. It, that's I think that's a, always a fascinating debate of where people stand on on that debate in general. But Sean Payne's already you've already seen that he's not going to do it. So if he didn't if he didn't do it last year, he's not going to do it ever. So that's that goes out the window. Well, if if you're not going to make the playoffs, like and you're not like it's easy just to not consider like all the ramifications and the human element and how people would feel and like how do you get through a week without game planning and it's just you know it, it's easy to push all that aside and just be like well yeah it would be better off if they lost all these games and got a better draft pick because yeah that's true but there's a lot of other factors to it, it just, that makes it murky and it's just, it just it can't just, happen it doesn't it doesn't happen in football well take the back. It extremely rarely happens in football. I think I think last year against the Bucks was a prime example of you seeing like it happening in game, which is very rare. But like just look at this past Sunday, the lowly like Detroit Lions were playing the Packers and, and they're playing them in Green Bay and like for all intents and purposes, like they if they would have they could have lost that game and improved their draft position, but they beat the, like it just. There's so many facts. Like it just. It doesn't happen. It it doesn't. Like I don't. I don't think. I don't think players in the NFL are wired that way because by nature they're so competitive. It just. Uh, it just. I don't know. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna tank in the NFL, it has, has to happen in the GM's office, and he's just got to make sure. <laughs> The team has no talent whatsoever, but like the players and the coaching staff, like they're still going to be trying as hard as they can to win. Exactly. It's just right, like exactly. somebody, somebody has to come up somewhere along the way. It's a, I, mean, I don't in the NFL, you're not going to see like a team trying to pull whatever the Philadelphia 76ers have been trying to do over the last couple of years. Like it, it just it doesn't happen. <laughs> oh my god, that's the most fascinating organizational. <laughs> philosophy in the world like i do not get it but whatever we're just gonna we're just gonna take you just get these number one picks and we're gonna keep drafting these high pick and eventually it's gonna work out for us and we're gonna have these these tradable assets and trade for a star like it's it is absolutely fascinating and this is how bad the same season's going that me and nick are discussing the philosophy of what's his name like sam hinky or whatever his name is and the Philadelphia 76ers. It also shows how well-versed we are in our sports, by the way. People, pay attention. <laughs> I don't know. What now, man? What, what do we got? Um, we got two minutes. So we have – well, hold on. I have to look for it. So I would ask a question and just say, you know, we were kind of talking about the Saints after the Eagles game. And we we're like, well, who was the Saints team? And then they they won. They won that run. So if I were to ask you the question again, who are the Saints in the screen? What would you say? But they are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. Saints are who we thought they okay. were. Okay. That's also the the, episode, the name of the episode. This episode. we've made it to twenty episodes. That's impressive. That is impressive. Yeah, it's surprising, actually. Like, I, I thought we were going to do this for, like, three weeks. <laughs> Anyhow, I know this is kind of all over the place. Nick and I haven't actually had, like, an outline for our pot for a podcast that we've done in literally weeks. So we're just all over the place now. It's, it's, it's whatever. It feels better that way. There's no strings tied to us. Anyhow, Adam West, join with Nick Underhill of The Advocate. Follow Nick on Twitter. Oh, uh, Nick, are you going to be like doing like an, an article of, like 
examining Dennis Allen's defenses and things like that and getting all football nerdy with about it for what we could expect, please say yes. Yeah, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Yeah, it's probably going to be my next, my next 48 hours. Is I'm going to try to figure it out. So maybe maybe by this weekend there'll be something. Else. That's why you're my guy. Anyhow, we're out. Back next week. We might not be. It all just depends. And watch the affair on Sunday because it's great. Dude, I couldn't believe Al- like Allison. What is she doing, man? What do you mean, what is she doing? We already know what she was doing. We saw what she was doing. Like, I was the first person that even was like, yo, let's think Let's think about this. Whose baby is this? Dude, is that, I was the first person to ask you that. Like, at the end of the last episode, like, I was like like a, like a female. Like, oh! Like, I could not believe what I was saying. <laughs> how, how could you? Like, how did you? How did you not see it coming? I I even asked you, Nick. I was like, whose baby is it? 